<laughs> hey, this is Malika Gradic, and you're listening to F11 Photography Podcast. The F11. You I, said two. The. I fucked up. Two Z. Okay, fine. I don't know the type. I get it. There you go. All right. Hey, this is Malika Gradic, and you're listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. Three, two, one, go. Let's go. You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. To the chasers of light, to the purveyors of pictures, to all of you listening around the world, this is the F11 Photography Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Deal, along with your other host, one Brandon Gorey. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's good to be here. Yes, once again, we are back in the keep. We are recording. Yes. Kevin, laugh, damn you. You seem so stoic over there. Don't give me that face. Can you tell which one of us has had our coffee? <laughs> it's, it's not like that. You can't just reduce my, my theatrics to caffeine. <laughs> yeah, except that you literally just got done drinking a cup of iced coffee. Down the gullet. What are you up to right now, dude? Uh, yes. Right now, I had the pleasure of putting myself under immense pressure by scheduling a lot of shoots, uh, that, and all of which expand beyond things that I'm used to doing. So I'm about to be very stressed for the next month and a half. That's why they invented scotch. I don't drink scotch. I'm not that patient. It's your problem. You can't wait. You can't wait 20 years for a scotch to age. No, no. I'll tell you what I do do. You just said doo-doo. Go ahead. I knew you. I, I waited for it. Um, I like to microdose ketamine and mushrooms together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but ketamine is legal in, in Texas. It'd be a lot cooler <laughs> if you did. It is. No, no. It's 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 actually a crazy thing. You get the you get those like commercials and whatnot on Instagram. But no, uh, there is one company who will send you a thirty month supply of ketamine for as an antidepressant, and it's only like eighty bucks a month. It's insane. Worst tranquilizer. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, you can't escape that. That's oh. part of the deal. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have that going on in my life right now. I had I had I had a big thing I had to do last week. So. When lockdown was happening, they couldn't give cars away because no one was going out. And so, like, Vroom and Carvana and all those places were just like, we'll give you a fucking car. Just, like, take it. And so I got a car for basically nothing. Uh, no interest rate, basically. I was getting, I yeah. got my car during that time, 1.95%. Yeah, I'm somewhere in there. And then, and then they, like, overextended their reach there and then all of a sudden like now people were like we, we need cars we don't have any cars well then you got to pay way more for this car so anyway i got a car during that point in time and that car that i got uh all of a sudden after three years had insane transmission issues like i was driving down the road and it was just like yeah it's so hot that we're gonna put your engine in idle mode and i was like oh no so 
Uh, and it was a you know a newer car, so I'm like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to get rid of it, uh, or because the new transmission is like five thousand dollars. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, I was gonna get an electric car in a few years, but you know, I guess I got to get it now. So uh, they have the seventy five hundred dollar rebate, tax rebates, but I'm not really feeling the Tesla right now. So I decided to use that as a negotiation tactic. And uh, the only way you're going to grow the electric car industry is by normalizing normal looking cars that are because the problem with the electric industry is like everything looked like a stupid like some some idiot comes up with a design and goes, let's make a really ugly car and then we'll make it environmentally friendly. It's like, why don't you just make a regular car? rip out the internal combustion engine and just put electric, an electric engine in it. And then like, that's it. Like just make a normal car electric. And that was always the problem. So uh, Hyundai kind of started doing this and I was like, well, they're made in Korea, so they don't qualify for a $7,500 tax rebate. Mm. So, but that's what I want. And so I, uh, I saw that they were doing a $5,000 rebate off MSRP. And one of the things that people say is, oh yeah, good luck getting something off MSRP. Well, they're doing 5,000 off. I'm like, cool. I'm only $2,500 apart from getting my $7,500. So there are two types of people in this world. There are people who absolutely dread going into a car dealership to negotiate the price of their car. Then there's another type of person. And after doing our episode on uh, closing clients, what kind of person do you think I am? I think you go in there and you tire out those poor post-college graduates who got their first sales job and they're trying to shovel stuff into you. You're like, no, let, let me tell you how it's going to go. I think you're that guy. I am to a T that guy. I take so much pleasure in beating the shit out of a car dealer. I, I love it. And and the thing is, is that the, where people get it wrong is they focus on getting emotionally attached to the car. I get emotionally attached to the car once I get emotionally attached to the deal that the car dealership gives me. Once they hit my number, then I'll they'll open up that part of my mind that will get emotionally attached to the actual car. So anyway, lucky for them they were doing a $5,000 rebate because that's $5,000 less I had to beat the shit out of them over, right? We started in a they started in a more favorable position for their mental health. So, and I'm not, a, I'm not an egotistical person, except when it comes to stuff like this, then I'm like, you have to, you have to be like super, like you have to go in there. Like I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. And so that's what I do when I go into a car dealership. So anyway, I made them make up the other $2,500 by front loading my car. They gave me what I bought my car for at the beginning of the pandemic with a fucked up transmission and they knew it and they, they gave me the other $2,500. Like after they gave me what they were going to give me for my car, I made them give me another $2,500. I'm like, there we go. There's the $7,500. I'm satisfied. Now emotionally attached to the car. I'll buy it. I hope that sales representative has a therapist. I hope so too. But what's weird about being an EV person. So first and foremost, there's like, like uh, the reason I went, wanted to go electric is because it's, you know, it is a slightly smaller carbon footprint, but let's be honest, you're still burning coal. So like you're an idiot if you're going to try to take that stance, but, uh, it's more like, I don't really want to give the Saudis my money and, and I don't want to give the Venezuelans my money because people think that like all the oil we get comes from here. And it's like, no oil is a chief export. It goes other places. That's how oil companies make all their money. So you're not actually like helping out American jobs. Usually when you buy gas, as a matter of fact, I would argue that you are 100% helping out American jobs by buying electricity because it stays here. So if you get an EV car, you're actually helping the economy out more. Well, I would 
I would, I'm look, I'm no paleontologist, but the Saudi's oil does get refined in Texas. Correct. It comes from Saudi Arabia but, and it gets refined in Texas. But that that blue collar worker who's slipping and sliding in Greece all day in Houston, you are paying his salary. Not if I not if I go electric. <laughs> well, I'm instead I'm paying for the energy company that's also in Houston, Reliant, people like that. They're still making their money. It's just uh, yeah. And by the way, the other thing, what does it cost to fill up a tank right now between about forty five and a hundred dollars? Right. Uh, it takes me about twenty eight. I drive a Civic. That's cool. Guess how much it costs to fill up my 300-mile range uh, EV? All right. Uh, so four bucks. Um, six. Oh, pff, come on. Yeah, it cost me $6 to fully charge my car. Nice. Just plugging it into my house. And, yeah, it takes uh, it takes about seven hours, but you just plug it in at night. Yeah, it's like and a cell phone. And then, and then the other cool thing that Hyundai did, because they really want to bite into those Model 3. And I, I lied. I didn't want to buy a Model 3. And I said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to buy a Tesla Model 3, but just like, you know, I'm, talk me out of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I had no intention of buying a Model 3. But uh, one thing that they also do is they give you two free years of fast charging, which only takes 18 minutes to fill your car up. Two free years. I just go up and I like put my phone up to this little, uh, this little uh, charger and then I can charge my car in like 18 minutes and I'm good. So they're really, really working for, for that market. But anyway, uh, let's talk about today's sponsor. We're going to be talking about Luminar Neo. Enhance uh, your workflow. Harness the power of artificial intelligence with Luminar Neo. If you don't like to edit and you don't like to do a bunch of uh, post-production work and you want modules to do things for you, go check out Luminar Neo. Uh, It has AI masking, which is my favorite thing because... I don't like to pull out my stylus and like draw a model and draw a street and draw a train. I wanted to just look at my scene and go, that's a person, that's a street, that's a train. And then from there I can, you know, adjust my model, maybe pull the shadows up to make them stand out a little bit more in the foreground. Maybe if you do landscape photography and you have power lines everywhere, you can use their power line erase tool. Maybe uh, you took a perfect landscape, but you screwed up on the sky. They have many different skies. Not only can you change the orientation of the sun, you can adjust the amount of sunbeams that are in there. You can change the orientation of the clouds. You can flip the sky horizontally. Uh, There's all sorts of crazy things that you can do with Luminar Neo. Uh, Brandon and I both have uh, videos that we did on Luminar and uh, we both love it. We both endorse it. And if you check out a link in the description of this podcast or you use the code Kevin10, you can get 10% off your copy of Luminar Neo today. Speaking of today, today we have a guest in our studio an awesome model, uh, local to Austin. And this is going to be volume two of Models Talk Photographers. We had an episode of uh, photographers talking about models. In volume one of Models Talking About Photographers, we had the lovely Sophia Bashan come in. Uh, But on today's episode, we're going to have the lucky Malika, lovely Malika. I can't speak today. On today's episode, we're going to have the lovely Malika Grodick. What's up, guys? Welcome to the studio. So, uh, I've worked with you several times, and uh, you have some awesome news to share with us. Uh, you recently signed a contract with a modeling agency, so congratulations. Congratulations. 
Thank you. And what was that process like, working uh, with a modeling agency and getting signed? Well, I have to thank you to start because you introduced me to this modeling agency. Um, I already had an eye on them for a while, but I've always just been nervous to approach modeling agencies based off of my height. But, um, you know, thanks to you, they were interested in wanting to see more. And so, you know, we uh, got together, did some digitals, sent that over to them. And, you know, a couple weeks later, I headed up to Dallas to meet them. And, you know, they welcomed me with open arms to their family. So that's the start of it. That's awesome. And for years, you did independent modeling. Uh, but, uh, you know, wh why, why is now the time to, to, to do the modeling agency route? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I was thinking about it before this podcast. Um, I've been modeling off and on for about 13 years. So, you know, I grew up here in Austin. I started like around 14, you know, got approached by a modeling coaching school at the mall. And, you know, that just kind of pushed me to, you know, want to pursue it. But at that time, 10 years ago, Austin really wasn't, a, you know, a, a place that it doesn't have the it didn't have the community that we have now with the photographers and models. So I just off and on did uh, hair shows, I decided to go to college, went to a liberal arts school. So, you know, shot with friends there. Uh, my mom ended up, uh, starting her own jewelry line and leather bags. So I was her model there for a while, but I like, I really wanted to get into it, but wasn't sure how to get into it. Um, pandemic happened. And then, you know, I shot with um, some photographer friends and I was just asking them, I was like, how do I like branch into this market here? And they told me to reach into Facebook and join that group. So, you know, I've been doing freelance pretty consistently for the last three years. Well, I work full time. I got a house full of uh, animals. So now's the time for an agency for them to market me, kind of help go out there, find jobs for me. Obviously, I have my part in it, but um, I'm just ready for the next step in the career. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned the pandemic because you and I met during the pandemic. Sure it was right, right, as, right as the vaccine was going around. It was, it was at that. So anybody listening who, who has gone through the pandemic, which is probably all of you, we all went through like these little milestones in the pandemic right around the time where it was like, hey, are you vaxxed? Yeah, I'm vaxxed. I, I found a vaccine. And like that was that was when we met. It's like, oh, you're vaxxed. I'm vaxxed. All right. Well, you know, our chances have gone down like 80 percent of uh, transmission or whatever. So uh, or and even if even if so have gone down significantly in one of us being hospitalized. So uh, we were like, all right. So we did a, uh, we did a collaboration shoot in Austin. And the funny thing was, was I was scrolling through Instagram and I, I, I landed on your page and I was like, oh, well, she's got to be signed. I wonder if she'll even like work with me. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like when people tell these stories and, you know, and like, well, really, I thought you were going to say the same thing. Like, I can't believe you reached out to me. Like, you have, it's so funny how that works, how we all have like that imposter syndrome. But no, seriously, I was like, I was like, there's no, like, maybe she'll say yes. And she was like, yeah, let's go. And like, still like to this day, like we've worked with, we worked together several times, but we still have so many great images from that first shoot. And what struck me is for an unsigned model, how 
great your posing was for someone who's self-taught. So where did you learn to pose? Because you do some, like I have a, I have a friend who was a model who saw one of your shots and she's like, like I, only like professional models know how to do that kind of pose. And I was like, well, she's, she's not with anybody. So my dirty little secret, America's next top model <laughs> is where it all started. Just like listening to them, hearing their critiques. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what I need to do. So that's like one part of it. And then the other part is being a Polynesian dancer it's, you know, it's speaking with your hands, telling a story. So implementing the two, I feel like with Polynesian dancing, I just kind of slow down my movements to capture those in-between moments. And yeah, I mean, practice in the mirror always. Yeah. Polynesian dancing. Yeah. yeah hold on. We'll get into that in a whoa, second. Whoa, whoa. But it, Hold on. We'll get into that in a second. It's something that, that actually, I feel like an idiot because like I showed her picture to the agency she's with and they're like, oh, is she a dancer? And like. I had just got done like shooting in 108 degree weather and was like super fucking tired. And I was like, no, she doesn't dance. And like, I drove home and I'm like, wait, she does fucking dance. Like I texted, I texted Michaela back. I was like, yeah, she dances. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I was like really tired because she does dance. Go ahead and, and elaborate on that because Brandon is perplexed. Polynesian. What does that mean? Polynesian. So I don't say Hawaiian dancing because we, the troop I'm a part of, which I have been dancing for. 18 years now. I'm not 18, y'all. <laughs> She's not 18. 18 years. So basic. So we do all types of the Polynesian islands. So obviously Hawaii. We'll do Tahitian. For all of you guys out there who don't know, when you think of Hawaiian dancing, most people, they think of the fast hips, grass skirts, like straight jumps. That's Tahitian. <laughs> Which Sorry, is funny because Brandon. you have a Gilligan, you have like a Gilligan's Island hat on. I just, I, I'm, I'm tying all the thematic I've, stuff together. I've here. got a Croatian bucket hat on. First of all, let me clarify. Speaking of the the, the Balkans, but yeah, when I think of Polynesian dancing, I, I, I see two things. I see the Tahitian movement that mm -hmm. you just went through, and I see the New Zealand All Blacks doing the the fucking haka on yeah. the field. So we also do, so we don't do the haka, but we do... Um, That's good, because I can't imagine her going, yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't want to like disrespect oh, him, but when I see him do it, I'm like, whoa, that. that's fucking nuts, man. <laughs> They're about to kill me or something. Oh, man, that was my one thing I wish I would have been able to have done in New Zealand was to go to an all-blacks uh, uh, event. That would have been badass. But That's we right. do you, you did you did visit there. I remember I saw it in your story like a long time ago. The Kiwis. Yeah. yeah. The Kiwis. Oh, yeah. So, um, but we also do Maori. So that's like with poi balls. I mean, here we think of EDM and all the fire dancing and whatnot. But Circling back to the ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the group that we dance, we're kind of just like entertainment. If you're wanting to throw a luau party or... I don't know, cultural events, any of that, or you hire us if you want entertainment. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you like wow. that region so much that you have the Hawaiian Islands tattooed on your torso? On my ribs, and I will say that was a, uh, a last-minute tattoo. It was uh, my sophomore year in college. We just moved into our house, and uh, my roommates are like, let's go get a fucking tattoo. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I want to get. And I was like, you know what? It's a safe bet. The Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. Does a rib tattoo hurt? No. The one on the back <laughs> of my leg hurts so much more 
than my rib tattoo. You've got one down the side of your leg. It's a Tolkien quote, right? It sure is. And what does it say? Oh, gosh. Not all those who wander are lost. I like it. Yeah. I like it, right too. Right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can't go wrong with Tolkien. I mean, you really can't. So Tolkien the goat. Hey, this is Vanessa Joy, and you're listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. So I would say you really hit your stride during the pandemic with modeling, right? Yeah, so it it was the beginning of 2021. That was the um, what I was saying with the photographer uh, group, friends that I know, and asking them how to get involved or get connected in the community. That's where they said the Facebook page. And I feel like at that time, our Facebook page, because everybody was coming back, everybody was getting vaccinated. So, you know, I feel like it was all models, all photographers in the area. So I, um, you know, followed everybody. And then, you know, Kevin, you're one of the, probably the second person I shot with three great photographers that I shot off, off the bat. And Raphael, who was in here was one of them. Yep. I, and you know, now just it's such an honor to have worked with them so early on and kind of coming back into modeling here. Actually the fact that Raphael, like, so so when I was when I when I saw Malika, I was like, oh, I mean, you know, she has to be signed. I already I already said that, but I was like, oh. And then like when I found out she wasn't, I was like, was like, am I crazy? Like she seems like she'd be fucking badass at this shit. And then when I saw Raphael work there, it was like a validation of yeah, yeah, I I chose I chose wisely. And then she also just got an, an a, a signed with an agency that a lot of models I know would love to get signed with. And I'm like, okay, that's that's like the icing on the cake of the validation that like when I was scrolling through, I was like, yep, it's kind of like you see somebody. And you want to reach out to him, and it's like, okay, I know that I want to work with him, but I can't necessarily put it into words why, which is why I shoot photography. But I also have to not come across as a fucking weirdo when I reach right. out to them. So it's like, don't get too excited about wanting to work out, work with them. Like, like say, hey, uh, I really like your work. Uh, we want to work together sometime. But I was like, she was like one of the ones when I was, I was like, I hope she says yes. I really fucking hope she says yes. So and. You know, if you look through her work, like we work together a ton. Yeah, so. you say a couple times. We've worked together at least ten plus times. What? <laughs> oh yeah, that's crazy. You guys are putting out work. Yeah, I mean, these last three years, Shit. like I said, Kevin was the second photographer that I connected with. Once I like, you know, I I created a whole separate Instagram for modeling because I wanted to keep it separate from my personal one and just because I felt like you know, my average show friends and family don't want to just be bombarded with all modeling stuff, wanted to keep it separate. So it's, I know at that time I only had like two or three photos on my page. So you say, well, that's, that's why I was like, I was, well, but, but here's the thing, like a lot of models, it's funny. A lot of models who are like signed and stuff uh, are like super low key about like that they're even with an agency. So I was just like, oh, I wonder if she's one of those that like, doesn't really like flaunt it on Instagram. Some, some are like, they play, they, they 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 are like look at me i have like a hundred thousand followers and some of them it's, have like two it's so true you'll get those models who are signed with like a great agency and then you look at their feed and it's just like the corners of houses or like blurry lines of like a coffee mug in the morning it's like okay i get it you're artistic but where the fuck is your content like what do you look like exactly. it's it's on like elite's website or, or ford models website and they, yeah. they, they don't need instagram they're getting like really good gigs you go and click on their website and it's just like a blank page with like a period and like a quote that you have to like zoom in on to see it and it's just like jesus christ like this person is so impossible but getting getting into it i did want to i did want to ask you a question uh malika is it all right if i call you malika yes absolutely that's that's literally <laughs> her fucking name yeah, of course what are you gonna call her malik 
<laughs> like Malik Monk, who's a basketball player in Don't the NBA. Don't tempt me. I might. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling her Malik. <laughs> but that be the first time. But that being said, I okay. I just wanted to go on a, a tangent about Rafi, but I'm not going to. I get the the sort of impression, and it, I have the fortune in right now of not work, not having worked with you before, mm-hmm. but having admired a lot of your work. I get the impression that you're the type of model. Uh, who works with photographers in a way where oftentimes you're showing up with the bigger pants in creatively, she's, you know, she's too humble to say, believe me when, when she said yes to working with me, I was like, <clears throat> fuck yeah, I know I'm going to get some good shit out of this. And I did. So yes, she, she, it's the whole work with somebody who's at a higher level than you. Yeah. And then oh, they yeah. pull you up to their level and then now, now you're at their level. Yeah. yeah. That, oh yeah. That, that's she, whether she realized it or not, I was like, she, she has like, so I'm always looking for models who like, I see something where it's like, okay, there's like this level above that I know that I can get to with them. And they don't even, they may not even know, they don't know who the fuck I am. And they may not even want to work with me for all I know. But like, I'm always like, okay, I'm looking for something that like stands out. And I think, I think what it is, is it's something that I know I can bring out in my shots. I'm like, yeah. no, they, they have it. And I can see in other people's work that they have it. And so that was, always, that's why like, I, if you look at my work, she's in there a shitload. And especially like, like there's some models that like, um, I'll be like, okay, I can't use them for this project. I can't use them for that project. I can pretty much use her for anything that I want to do. Uh, now, there's some things that she probably wouldn't be into, so I'd know not to reach out to her for it. But You're like, too kind. Like what? What do you mean? I don't. I, you can't put me on the spot. But uh, but no, like like okay. So <laughs> I, what are you talking about? Let's answer the question, <laughs> Kevin. Who is down? Yeah, You're but, the one that turns down my ideas. I, I did. I've only turned down one of your ideas, but uh, but no, like uh, Malika, like I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna do like this crazy shoot. In infrared who's the first person i'm going to think of malika i'm going to do i'm going to do a i want to do a shoot with two people who have never met one another before and make them look like best friends and take them out to a field where they're like chilling out and smoking a joint and looking like they've been best friends for years i got malika to do that and i also got sophia who was the other person who did this volume with us and then uh i want someone to uh, shave their face with a straight razor in front of a frame you know, like I, I always know that like my weird ideas will be received well by her. And so, but I also need to say that a lot of these ideas are hers too. That's another thing is like, I feed off other people's creativity. So I didn't come up with this idea. She came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. Well, so going back to the razor shoot, you know, you approached me about it and you know, I questioned, I was like, well, are you thinking a straight razor or like a regular razor? And you're like, Sweeney Todd straight razor. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that. So we got a bit of that collaboration in there. It's cool that you were, you know, open and. And she she, she trusts me enough where she's like, throw my ass in a mud pit. So there you go. She did she did a shoot uh, a raw earth shoot where she got covered in mud. It was fun, but wow. But yeah, and then uh, and then I come back at her on the same series where it's like, hey, I want to do a UV ultraviolet, uh, but I want to get. Bailey, who's a who's an awesome makeup artist, by the way, that uh, Brandon has used before as well. We're, we got Bailey to cover you up in uh, sunscreen, and we got purple all over you. And I even I, I I fucked with it a little bit. I haven't released it yet. I'm gonna, but I got the freckles. I got your 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 freckles are are, are violet. Oh, I did. Yes. Yes, there's a little bit of violet. I I mean, I I went such a very light opacity there because I just wanted them. I wanted it to be just purple enough to where people like, is that purple? That's 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 what I do with that edit. But anyway, uh, I think one of the reasons why you got signed with an agency, uh, uh, well, 
I've got another story we're going to go into in a minute because because there's 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 highs and there's lows. Uh, I think one of the reasons why you got signed with, in my opinion, a really good agency so easily is because you have this very diverse book. So much, in fact, that didn't they say that pretty much your book is good? Yeah, they told me I don't really have to start fresh for, for a portfolio. Just send them all the shoots I've done, and we'll just kind of build from there. And once I, you know, change up my look, hair, we'll do some more test shoots. But for the most part. I don't have to. That's pretty awesome. That means yeah. that means that you 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 trusted your intuition and it all worked out. Like, well, and that that also kind of validates my thought was that she was operating on this professional level all along. You know, if they go, oh yeah, the, you, you're perfect for us, but we have to start your book over again, then clearly you weren't working with the right photographers. But you're working with Raphael. I mean, come on, like <laughs> you're going to get some good work out of that. So uh, I'm going to kiss Raphael's ass. He's been on here. It's okay. We love Raphael, uh, but. Uh, that being said, okay, so you, you got signed and that's awesome, but you've also been on the other side of the pendulum with modeling agencies where some questionable shit has gone down. Do you want to tell the story of me sitting on my couch on a Sunday? I just got done watching an English Premier League uh, uh, football soccer match and my phone rings and it's Malika. Tell me about that story. Yeah, oh gosh, it's kind of a horror story. Don't need way. to name names. No, no, just no, to... no, no, no. Yeah, so a um, mother agency here in Austin, you know, I followed them from the beginning just to like, you know, network, just put myself out there. And they were doing an open call on a Sunday for like all ages, all heights, like no, none of that. So I was teetering about going, but they reached out and I was like, okay, like I'll go, I'll test it out. It'd be, you know, at this point I've been, you know, wanting to sign with an agency. Um, and it was, it was just so, it was a bizarre experience. Um, well, one, I was like one of the only non-minor there. So everybody was there with their moms and parents and dads. Um, Kind of fast forward, he wanted, move forward, was wanting to sign with me, but one of the big things, and he knew this was going to be an issue for me, is that I couldn't work with other photographers, only their designated photographer, which, like, when he said that, I, like, thinking, thinking I'm like, well, I have, like, four badass paid shoots, like, coming up these next couple weeks, and you're telling me I can't work with them, um, you know, gave us like 15, 20 minutes to read through the contract. So, you know, two year commitment, can't work with other photographers, all of that. And so I first called my mom. I'm like, mm, this is kind of, I don't know. She's like, call Kevin. He's the perfect person. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, we probably talked on the phone for like 45 minutes to an hour. And then it was just like, it was just a it was just getting weirder and weirder because he brought all of their models there to kind of do like to, to training. Be, to be clear, it wasn't you and I that talked on the phone for 45 minutes to an hour that was weird. It was you no, and no, the agency. No. Yes, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. with Kevin. No, no, not weird at all. I was so eternally grateful to have you and just like, is this what I want to do? Because you're the photographer I've really worked with the most. So you know my potential and, you know, from more familiar with agencies. So... You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. So anyway, you were talking about uh, the agency you were you were talking about, talking with, and I use quotation marks around agency and especially use quotation marks around mother agency. Mm -hmm. uh, who was the photographer for the agency? The owner of the agency. Aha! 
dun, dun, dun. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess I just like at the beginning, whenever I started following, I didn't really have like, I guess the best eye for photography. So I was like, just going through this page. I'm like, okay, you know, it's kind of basic stuff. Not necessarily every, like the type of shoots I'd want to do or like brand myself. But until I talked to Kevin and he pulled up their Instagram and he's like, God, the editing's horrible and all blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh no. So I, you know, Kevin and I got off the phone. I went to go talk with the agency guy and I was like you know I'm gonna need a little bit more time like I really want to read through this because this is again a two-year commitment like at that time I was uh 25 and so I'm like what I'm gonna be stuck with this agency for two years come out at 27 28 and then like kind of wasted two years that was a big thing for me oh yeah so so if you're a model listening to this episode, because we actually do get a lot of models who like this type of episode where we have a model in here. One thing that was a big red flag about this agency is like when you go to a, a, a legit modeling agency's website, they'll just show like the model's book, their portfolio. And maybe there's some shots occasionally where the models in underwear or lingerie or topless or whatever. They had like a section of each model. Here's their lingerie work. Here's their lingerie pricing. And it's like, yeah, that's a little, that's, that's not, that's not normal. That's abnormal. Um, a legitimate agency would not like have a category for that. And so that was like a huge, red flag. it's not out of the question for an agency to like say, Hey, you can't just work with any photographer. We need to clear it. As a matter of fact, the agency you just signed with mm -hmm. the legitimate agency clears all their photographers. And I actually think that it's kind of odd that more agencies don't do that because if you actually want to grow the model's books, you should be very invested in how the book turns out and therefore you should be invested in the quality of the photographer they work with. So I've got nothing to worry about in terms of like, I and mean, maybe they don't like my work. That's one thing, but I don't have to worry about like being a shithead or being on a, a, a blacklist of somebody you don't want to work with because they're like inappropriate. And that's part of the reason why they filter through that as well. It's not just yeah. about the quality of the work. Whereas in this case, it's just like, no, no, no. Not only do you have to work with our photographer, the photographer is also the owner of the site that has the lingerie section. It's like, and everybody's just 18 or just turning 18. And it's like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on here. So anyway, uh, long story short, I was like, yeah, I probably would uh, aim a little higher. I think you could do better. And here you are. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was the best decision. And, you know, whenever I told him I needed a, like the weekend to read through the contract and make the decision, he like kind of turned around on me and he's like, well, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. Like just the way you're responsive. And I'm like, whoa, whoa OK, this is definitely uh, not like the agency I want to be with. And yeah, it, it and wasn't an agency. Girls. It was just that guy's like fantasies. Like, how can like, I just get people to make me money with their bodies? I can. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's it's interesting, like how easy it is to start, and I I don't use this word as it's a legitimate word, but it's really easy to start an agency. Like I could tomorrow just say, Kevin Deal Models, and you know, I mean, I have enough, I have enough models I've worked with in this town to where I just be like, yeah, you know, I'll just take like twenty percent of anything you make, and I could I could put together a legit looking website. Now I would never do it. I, I don't want to run a modeling agency because, but I, and I'm not saying that I would actually run a good one. I probably wouldn't, uh, which is why I would never do it. And I, that's not even something I think about. But uh, I, I, the reason I'm saying that is because I can I could put together a website that looks legit. And I think I think my photography is good enough to where I could, you know, make it work. Absolutely. But that's the point is, you know, camera gear can get you. a. I mean, 
you know, if you go take two 2,500 shots of a model, you'll probably get one that doesn't suck, even if it's by accident, right? You can probably get a pretty damn good shot of a model. So you just got to find that one shot and go, boom, done. And you gather enough of those up, and people will think that you're this amazing photographer. But then when they realize that, like, holy shit, I work with this guy, and he took 2,500 pictures of me, and we only got one shot that didn't suck, that's, that's, that's when you're outed. But you can, if you're savvy enough, you can put all that together. And so that's what this guy did with this one website. And he's finally starting to get the bad reputation in the professional circles, which is good because for a while he hit it really well with his one out of every 2,500 shots that would turn out. And he fooled a lot of, uh, a lot of women. And I would actually say girls because a lot of the people that he was looking at are fucking girls. Let's be honest, like barely like, you know, there. You know, you're at that age where you're learning how to like balance your checking account and stuff like that. Like, that's Kevin. Who does that? Brandon, do you know how to balance your checking account? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that's old man me coming out. You just make sure that you're 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 in the black. You know, you're you're good to go. So, uh, so let's talk. About, let's shift. Let's shift gears to talking about uh, working with photographers. Uh, what have you learned? Uh, about yourself and what you like. Well, what are you looking for when you're when you're looking to work with a photographer? What specifically are you looking for? Mm. Besides some generic answer, like if they're good. Absolutely. Well, one of the first things I do if, if it's a new photographer, you know, I like to vet them out. I have one of the my biggest things is seeing versatility um, because I, you know, I think. My perk with my portfolio is that I've just gone out and just done diverse shoots, all types of styles, editorial, commercial, um, et cetera, et cetera. Cinematic with Jimmy James. Yep, cinematic. Um, so I'm looking for, you know, someone who's, number one, easy to work with, respectful, um, you know, it. We don't know. We don't technically have to be best friends, but you know, banter is really nice. It just keeps things comfortable. Um, I really look for in photographers. You know, they have somewhat of a vision, but is kind of free reign. Like we can be adaptable with each other. Um, so, for instance, one of the reasons why I think we've worked together so much is one of us will approach the other about a general idea. But we also know that the other usually has something else that they can add to it to make it better. And there's that uh, that back and forth. And uh, I, do you find that photographers who come in and go, look, it's going to be this, 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 and this, that you tend to have not as great of experiences with them and they don't necessarily give you as good a work? So yes and no. I will say two types of photography, and I don't do this a lot, but boudoir I just, I shoot with one couple. I've known them forever. Very, very comfortable with them. But with Boudoir, they have the list of photos, reference photos that they want me to match. And that is just, it makes it not enjoyable because we're spending so much time time trying to get into a position that he wants. And now granted, with Boudoir, they don't, they don't typically shoot with models. They shoot with, as you say, subjects. So they do have to pose their models in or the subjects into those positions. But, you know, working with me, it's just like, well, one, boudoir poses are uncomfortable. I think yes. it's the hardest 
well, actually a couple weeks ago, I did an underwater shoot trying to do that. That was also very hard. But those two are like the hardest type of modeling because of the positioning, staying still. It's not really much flowiness movement that I really like to approach to my modeling. It's also really boring. Yes, yeah. No, well, and I also don't find myself to be a boudoir model. Like, I'm not curvaceous. I just, I leave that for the other ladies. I, I personally think that a woman in, like, lingerie fashioning it, like, just going out there and fucking killing it is way more interesting to look at than a woman who's, like, looking out a window through these white sheets, yep. these white curtains, and like, oh, my gosh, I'm so gorgeous. I feel so good about myself. I have so much empowerment. Like, no, man. Nah. And until I have a dingy apartment in fucking Paris, Croatia, or wherever, I'm not going to shoot, you know, that sort of stuff. I don't think yeah. I don't think it belongs here. Like boudoir in the United States is like, oh, let's get purple and red silk velvet sheets and shit like that. It's just so like gross. Well, I've had I had I've had people reach out. I've had women reach out to me about shooting boudoir, and they're like, like, well, where do you want to do it? Because I have a studio at Backdrops, and I have like outdoors yeah. and like, well, we could do a hotel i'm like look uh. i'm like if you don't want it to look like a porn casting call you're gonna have to book a hotel that's at least 1200 dollars a night because they have to have like real furniture because mm-hmm. you know if you go to the courtyard because like i travel around uh for work and i go to i go to marriott properties i know what every fucking spring hill suites couch looks like mm-hmm. you're not gonna create anything beautiful on a spring hill suites couch so anyway because of that, I've never taken those jobs because they're just like, I don't see how I can make them better. And that's how that's always how I say no to a job. Uh, Malika's approached me about some ideas before, and I couldn't see how I made that particular scenario better. So I said no. And it wasn't because I thought her idea was shit. It was because I can't see how I can make it better. That's my that's why I say no to things. And that's why I don't do any boudoir, because I definitely don't see how I can make it any better at all. Yeah. I, well, it's... Not to shit on a genre like boudoir. It I'll shit on the genre. <laughs> like, like I could spend an hour shitting on boudoir, but go ahead. <laughs> Can I change my answer, please? No, <laughs> no. It's the whole point of the genre is to express a sexuality, and you cannot tell me otherwise. You're not expressing personality. You're literally accentuating boobs and cheeks and that's like it's just so shallow it's like nothing beyond that there's nothing else involved well i I agree and like that's another thing like i want i mean i I take pictures of men and women very attractive and all that but like i'm always like super trying to be super self-aware about not sexualizing it like if i do shoot a model topless doing uv stuff it's like a work of art it's not like ooh, like yeah, she's hot. I want to, you know, like, because then people start side eyeing me, you know, like, well, what, what, why are you doing this? You know, and like, so I'm, I'm very self conscious about it because I'm like, I don't want people to side eye my work. And if I started shooting boudoir, I mean, like, if I were a woman, I would go hire a woman boudoir, boudoir photographer because there are so many dudes out there who's like, oh, I empower women. And it's like, dude, everything looks like a sexual fantasy. Like, you're, you're, it's pretty obvious what you're, what you got into photography for. And like, you're not going to attract like really badass models that way. And of course, that's probably one of the reasons why you're not attracted to boudoir that much is cuz that's not your gig. Like you're no. you're you're into being a model, you know, whereas Yeah. Which, which whereas, you know, the women there are subjects, which is funny because something I always talk about and I have talked about with every model that's been on here is like it, you'd be shocked how many women slide into my DMs, they'll see a picture of you or somebody else I've worked with and like, "I want to do that." It's like, "Cool, do you know how to model?" 
well, my friends tell me I'm pretty. It's like, yeah, it has nothing to do with looks. I mean, really, like, look, like, if you make a list of things that it takes to be a model, like how pretty somebody is and what does that even mean? Because there's traditionally pretty, there's uniquely pretty, like a wallflower, uh, you know, and then there's a, yeah, there's there's different types of beauty out there. Uh, you know, someone who's put together 24-7, whose friends have always told them that they're pretty and they should be a model, all have the wrong idea because all they're focusing on is looks. You're so pretty, you should be a model. And it's like, man, 99% of those women are fucking boring to take pictures of and they don't know their bodies in front of a camera. And so, you know, you talked about all the top model stuff. And so, like you know, you take things to a different level. It's almost like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. I get booked a lot. No one's booking me because I'm ugly. You have to be over like the fact that you're, you're beautiful to a lot of people and you have to work on the actual modeling part of it. And so you know, how much time do you spend like, 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 like working on posing in front of a mirror and stuff like that? Because you said you watch top model, but how much time do you actually spend like, like working on a, on your body visually in front of a mirror? Every time I'm in front of a mirror, <laughs> just yes. walking by whatever outfit I'm wearing, I just try to see like what would be a good pose for that or just something unique because I do feel like right now I kind of have like my 20 poses that I always go to for every shot, but you know, change it up a little bit, but you know, I don't want to be like a broken record with the same poses. So anytime, any opportunity I'm in front of a mirror, I'll just do a little something. I should get some magazines, but ah, I don't really feel like I have time for that. Hi, I'm Jordan Groby, and you're listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. Do you find it, and I'm, I get the sense that it's a yes, but do you find it intuitively easy to represent an expression with shape in your body? Does it, yes. does it just flow? You don't even have to think about it. It's like not even rehearsed. You just have like an intuitive understanding that, oh, if I just shink and then I'm good to go. I would say so. Yeah. And yes, different emotions. And I try to like on a set, like think about different emotions and, you know, obviously embodying whatever the environment, styling, lighting. Um, I kind of just go through like a roll of emotions in my head and just like kind of pose along that just to get variety. See, that is so advantageous. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's... So seldom uh, do I personally get to work with models who are that way, and they are the best models, because my favorite way to direct is just to describe an idea, describe a scene, and describe a character type, yeah. and how those play into each other, and then I usually, like, best case scenario, the model can just, like, digest that, and just, like, suddenly just boom, you know? Yeah, like, like our first shoot we ever did together, like, look at that. Wow. Very first shoot. Look at, look at, you were talking about shapes, like all the triangles of her clothes and everything. And I'll, I'll put, I'll put some of these uh, images up on the description of the episode. So when you hear us talking about something and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. Triangles. We'll put them in there. Uh, there's this really gorgeous shot of the very first time we worked together where Malika is sitting on some stairs and she's wearing some like kind of baggy I don't know. What is that? A jumper? Uh, yeah, a, yeah. A jumpsuit. A jumpsuit. She's wearing a jumpsuit and it looks incredible and like this is my first time working with her i'm just like you're making me look really fucking good <laughs> well do you know how few models in the industry can go to a stairs and make it like actually bring it depth because like when you look at when you look at um models and major shoots especially in new york and london milan that sort of thing they're not in extraordinary places 
They're in very ordinary places, and the model just commands attention and takes up the space. That's why I study Peter Lindbergh. Like, that's like Peter Lindbergh will take Cindy Crawford Mm -hmm. before she's known and just put her in a white men's shirt and take her in the streets of Paris and go fucking like own this scene. And then, like, ladies and gentlemen, Cindy Crawford. Have a nice career. Like, yeah. like that's kind of like I like models who do that kind of shit. Yeah, and Kate so, Moss in, yeah, in her early yeah. years absolutely knew well, how to just take up a scene. And and yeah. that's 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 the thing. Like models get hung up on their height and stuff like that. Kate Moss is short because it doesn't fucking matter what her height is. She's Kate fucking Moss. Mm-hmm. Like like no, you look like Kate Moss and you model like Kate Moss. We don't. We're not even gonna pull out the measuring tape. Here's a contract and like lots of money and shit. But uh, it's you know. <laughs> Like, lots of money and shit. <laughs> <laughs> lots of money and shit. Great. So, I'm just saying, you're a chameleon, and you can do pretty much anything. And like, you know, I take this. I would take this as an ultimate compliment. I have a friend who does retouching for like the Kardashians and people like mm-hmm. that. And I think I've told you this story, but I'm gonna kiss your ass on the on the podcast anyway. And um, we were going through each other's portfolios, and we rip them apart. And that's what we do. And she she just said, uh, "This model." She was talking about you. Was like she photographs so well with like no makeup on and like most women are like fuck that i don't want to be seen without makeup on and she's like no 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 like you need to do and that's that's what planted the seed for our uv shoot that we did i was like hey i need you to wear no makeup i need you to be as plain jane as possible and like let me do my thing and so you know that was what planted the seed for that that shoot to happen but uh it's true i go through i go through a lot of our our work together and a lot of the shoots we were wearing minimal to no makeup it's like holy shit you're killing it so uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely true. You do a good job of that. I'm not sure if I had a question in there somewhere. We were just kissing ass basically, but, uh, uh I, I do have a, a subject that Brandon and I talk about with models, which is a lot of unsigned models, which up until last week you were, uh, really shape their portfolio to talk about themselves. Whereas when you get signed with an agency, it's more about the persona that the agency tries to create for you. So now that you've spent this awesome, uh, you have this awesome body of work here that you feel, I'm assuming, you know, I'm not going to speak for you because you're right here. You can tell me what you think. But uh, this whole body of work kind of talks about you as a model. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, possibly having your agency now kind of push you into this persona? I'm okay with that, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, up until getting signed, Again, I work full-time, so I don't really have the luxury of just shooting whenever, so modeling's really just been an artistic outlook uh, outlet for me. So, you know, going through my stuff, I mean, I just, I love the variety. I love just, I'm not a cookie cutter in one genre. I can kind of just do a little bit of everything. So going with an agency, I'm just, I'm thinking about it as like the next career step. I'm like... I've been freelance. I've been able to do whatever I want to do. Now let's make money. Let's mold me how they think I should be marketed, and let's see where we go from there. So I'm. Well, it, so- it sounds like based on the fact that they're using your images that already exist, that it may not be too big of a departure from what you've already been doing. Hopefully not. I think you're going to do so well with this agency because I've. Which, by the way, we're speaking in generalities about the agency because the official announcement hasn't gone down yet, and I have no idea when this episode's going to air versus when the actual announcement is. So we're not speaking in generalities to be purposely vague. It's just I don't want to 
I don't want to say the name of the agency until it actually happens, but the contract's been signed and you've had mm-hmm. onboarding, so you're you're in. Yeah. I'm in. And plus, this this agency is so they they cater towards international brands so well. Uh. A lot of Texas agencies they cater towards more or less the Dallas fashion scene, which is mm-hmm. very much. You know, it's Old Navy meets Banana Republic, and I realize why that's funny because they're the same company. But, <laughs> but, but no, it's uh, it's it's a massive congratulations to you because you. Uh, your body of work is definitely additive to their roster, and it's not just you know their moniker is additive to your portfolio. Well, it's it's yeah. funny. It's funny because uh, I was like. I was just like, okay, so I'll tell, I'll quickly tell the story about how it all went down. I was working with this agency and, you know, you get in with an agency and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to come on too strong. So I made sure I had like several shoots under my belt with them over like a six month period. And then I was finally just like, what do you think of her? And I pull up my phone and they're like, we want to see her digitals like now. And I'm like, okay. But I knew like she had a look that like was a perfect fit. Like I felt like it was like just plugging a puzzle piece in i'm like well yeah that's of course she's gonna go with that agency that's the, that's the, that was her destiny but you also like have that self-doubt like oh, I'm, I'm putting my neck on the line i hope they don't go she's fucking ugly or something like that and you're just like oh no oh, i was like let me just make sure they get excited about her first and like immediately they want they were excited i was like okay but then they were also like we want her digitals to look exactly like this it's like okay i think they really want to sign her if they're like really like blueprinting like don't just put her in front of a white wall put her in front of this like three thousand psi concrete wall like they do with this other agency that we like and I'm like okay well clearly you want me to take her digitals a certain way so uh okay no problem we'll, we'll, i'll make sure she gets you those digitals that way i'll tell her and so yeah it all it all went down i'm 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 super happy but you know 99 of it is i'm happy for her but then there's that one percent where it's like okay good i actually scouted it correctly like i read the situation right pat myself on the back because I, I i thought i was reading it right but it would have been like oh shit if like it all like went wrong so <laughs> Well, I, I thank you for sticking your neck out on the line for me like that because I am so overwhelmed and so humbled by just this opportunity because this is something I've been wanting since I started. So. Well, I'm not taking that much credit for it. I, all I did was show them your pictures and they said, oh, we want to meet her. Hey, I, <laughs> I, that was what I needed because, again, I've just been so nervous about re- – and there's no reason to. It's so silly – because we know there's rejection out there, but of reaching out, auditioning for agencies, and just I'm just so stuck up on my height because they're just so harsh on their websites about like uh, five eight minimum, and I'm like, oh. just tell them you're five seven. Just tell me you're five eight, and after after they sign you, they'll love you so much. They're not gonna they're not gonna renege on that shit. They're gonna be like, okay, well, whatever, we love you. Go. Yeah. Also, you photograph tall, yeah. and so like. Yes, I do like models to look long on camera, but I, I shoot so many models who are five, six, five, seven, five, eight who photograph like they're six foot. And, you know, I, I do like I mean, it does look aesthetically pleasing when you look longer. I mean, that's for most most people. That's true. And okay. that, that's a that's a hang up that some people have. But if you photograph tall that, you know, that that's the same thing to me. I've, I've also photographed models who are tall, who suck and don't photograph tall. Go ahead. I, I shot. So Caitlin Moya, this this model who's since blown up in the last two and a half, three years, uh, I shot her first stuff for Wallflower. She's like five, 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 six. She is tiny. And she is now pretty much just living in LA, like absolutely killing it. Like she blew up like within a year and is absolutely killing it. And and she's not classically tall. She just knows how to model. She's really, really in tune with her body. So it's just like the sky's the limit these days. 
height is not an they obstacle. They really are. Yeah. So anybody, any models listening out there, don't let your height well, discourage I, I, you. Well, I will tell you this. Like, if you're putting things in a, a prioritization prioritization order, number one, if you have, if you know your body really well in front of a camera, that's the most important thing. Because you can make yourself look taller than you are. You can model clothing in such a way to where you make yourself look taller than you actually are. And then, like, below that may actually be your height. Uh, but, you know, a lot of uh, – another thing that you do is you smile. I do smile. Yes, that's that's important because a lot of models want to look like fucking bitches. Like, they're just walking on Zoolander and they're doing the blue steel Donald Trump uh, – uh, a booking photo that just came out, <laughs> which, which I mean, come on, let's be honest. I don't care where you lean politically. He looks like fucking Zoolander in that photo. Like it doesn't matter. He's so, killing his left side. He's killing his left side. And, and you know, the thing about Derek Zoolander is he doesn't know how to turn left. So Donald Trump can. So there you go. This is Katrina Brown. And you're listening to the F11 photography podcast. I like it when models do smile on a, on a shoot because it's like, Hey, uh, guess what? If you want to get commercial jobs, which are the jobs that pay the most, Walmart isn't going to hire a fucking bitch. Like if you look like a bitch in all your photos, like if you're going to walk runway, first of all, you better go live in New York. If you're going to walk real runway that even then it doesn't pay that much. I mean, I know, I know models that have walked in New York fashion week and did it for free just because they wanted on the resume that they the walked in New York fashion week. Yeah. Like I literally know three models four models in Austin who have walked New York fashion week. And if I go walk outside and pick a penny up off the ground, I made more money doing that than they did booking flights to New York, getting a hotel or Airbnb, uh, you know, taking an Uber to whatever fucking place they went to just to audition to walk. There wasn't even a guarantee that they were going to get in. New York is the top of the top. And I've spent the last, well, I'll be there in October after New York fashion week. And I've sent my portfolio to over two dozen of the top agencies in the world over there. One of them has gotten back to me. Yeah. And, and, and this is like pro bono work. This is, I'm going to handle literally fucking everything. I'm going to rent out the studio the whole day. I'm going to, I have the location scouted. I've got the whole thing. I've been spending weeks doing this. Wow. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. because that's the, because it's the top of the top. They don't need your free work. They don't need it. Yeah, they don't need it. And there's a bunch of people like you who are living in New York, who have our, who, who, haven't been emailing them they've been physically walking in and putting in the work and, and, and like buying people coffee you know like uh there's a, a a stylist a famous stylist i know uh she's no longer a stylist but she used to be a stylist and she she was just like if you want to get in good with these people like figure out who the people are and then go like talk about like their work, talk about what they're doing and actually like have a personalized pen pal relationship with them or whatever. And it's the same thing with magazines and stuff like that. It's like, that's, that's the traditional way of getting your foot in the door with these people, but also like going and, sh you know, doing shit jobs. You don't want to do going and shooting New York fashion week as an event photographer. Oh my God. Well, that's, that's a, that's a shoot me situation. It's not even about shooting. It's about bumping into the guy at the water stand who just happens to be the creative director for elite NYC. You know, like yeah. that's yeah. what it is. It's, it's funny. I had an elite model drop in my uh, DMS the other day, but I'm going to save that for our, wow. I'm going to save that for our next episode <laughs> wow. because there's a good story behind it. It okay. happened. It has to do with our, our TFP uh, swap thing, camera mm. swap episode when mm. I was looking for a model. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it on the episode, but it's, it's hilarious. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't want to go to this. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's get back to uh, modeling. So uh, what does the future hold for you? Well, 
once I do my transformation, you know, we'll um, start doing test shoots and hopefully work will start coming in. Hopefully a little bit of travel. Uh, I, I think I think working with photographers who are better than like me and Brandon, like getting into that tier is going to do wonders for you. Uh, work with as many photographers as you can. But it also kind of kind of reminds me of, you know, you, you kind of get in your own head about how good you are or whatnot, but maybe a piece of advice to listen to is if there are photographers out there who are just really good and you really respect and they see something in you, hopefully if you're listening, that kind of gives you the confidence to, to like, Hey, go apply to that agency. And that's something I've been trying to do a lot more lately. Like I had a model the other day who was like 19. I typically don't work with people that young, but she was, she, she wanted to do a test shoot. And I could, I, I could see like, like you need to go apply to agencies like fucking right now. And she's just like, oh, I don't know if I'm pretty. And I'm like, stop fucking thinking about your looks. You're you're 5'11", and you look, I mean, you look you look fine, but you also have, like, a look that certain agencies are looking for. Like, they're so young that they can't even, like, no, no, no. They, they, see they themselves on that level. Yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm, like, 42. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, I see a lot of models. Like, like, you need to fucking apply to an agency, like, like girl, yesterday. you look like an extraterrestrial. Like, you need to get signed. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. Well, that's how I felt about her. But, yeah, like, I, like there, I stumble upon models every now and then when I'm, like, scrolling. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then there's some that, like, I just don't get around to working with them. But two or three months later, they're off in New York at an agency. I was like, I was right about them. You know, they've got a look that agencies are looking for. Oh, yeah. No, I remember when I first started doing photography, I was doing street photography on South Congress back when all the jewelry was there. And that was a mm -hmm. big, like, oh, like six years ago. And I ran into these teenagers who were just, like, totally, like, I think they were, like, 17, 18 at the time. And I just, I was just like, hey, can I take your picture? Like, one of them was just, inc like, you know what, like, when you pass someone by, male or female, and you just look at them, and you're, like, you're just, like, stunned at how yeah. just naturally... Not only like their their physical presence, but just like how they carry themselves. Yeah. So I ran into this into this girl's like, hey, can I take your picture? You're really pretty. Like, you know, like if you don't want to, no biggie. I'll just walk off. It's fine. I took a picture, and within two weeks, the the picture never did anything um, for her. But within two weeks, she was uh, she was signed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> funny how and like works. she she blew up like you know like fifty thousand on instagram like she was just that good she had that like that gia like i don't give a fuck like i, I listened to kurt cobain energy and like never left that she never like catered to the <laughs> bullshit you know what i mean that's such an austin model right there oh yeah they don't know how good they are uh can you skateboard is that in your contract can you still skateboard are you gonna have to probably put that on hold oh no i can still skateboard it's been a minute but I getting on a board a couple months ago. I still at my top speeds. That's good. So, so for all of you who are listening, this is not like a hot chick standing next to a skateboard as like a uh, an accessory to a skateboard. She can actually fucking skateboard. Yeah, okay. Man. So like that that's what's that's what's fucking cool about Malika is that she can actually like walk the walk. As a matter of fact, she can probably skateboard better than I can. I, I haven't skateboarded in years. Oh, I know you can. I, I fucking slip and break my wrist for sure. Did you actually skateboard or was it a long board? Because every no, I've, no. all I've been hearing recently is like, yeah, I used to skate. I'm like sick. They're like, no. yeah, I used to longboard. I'm like, oh, no, I had a power. I had a pal skateboard with independent trucks, and I had uh, the I little. Trucks. I had the I had the little sprout wheels because it was easier to kick flip with the smaller wheels. But then you'd hit a rock and go flying mm -hmm. off because you didn't have enough grip to stay on the fucking board. Yeah, it's it's, it's the trade off. I had a sector nine longboard. I don't know. If it's oh, I'm talking shit. Sorry, <laughs> Orange County guy. <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, I love. I love flow. I love um, what they would call transition. There's two types of skating: street and transition. Um, I love hitting a bowl and flowing and surfing. 
quarter pipes, all that. Is the is the transition stuff? Is that like Rodney Mullen in the eighties? I don't know who that is. Is that is that like that the competition stuff where you're just like doing like tricks on the skateboard in like a circle, that kind of so, thing? So um transition skating is like so bowl, so a quarter pipe, so that's where you'll um drop in and you basically you don't the idea is is that you don't want to have to push, is that you're pumping through a bowl that keeps up your momentum and then you can go do fifty fifties, grind, um rock and rolls, all this other stuff. Whereas street skating is more of what Kevin was saying of kick flips, ollies, grinding on curbs, shit like that. Getting oh, arrested. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Get, getting yelled at by mall cops. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I have been before. Yes, yes, yes. We're still going to have to get your agency to sign off on it, but I still want to do a shoot of you in something fashionable actually skateboarding i still yeah. want to do that idea not some bullshit where it's like look i'm holding onto a skateboard i don't know what this thing does it's like no 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 she knows what the fuck it does oh, and man. i want to capture the authenticity of it i think it'll be badass i've been seeing more photos of of skateboards of models with skateboards at like the skate parks that i would go to and i'm like you're not even on a board like i just think about the locals there who are like what who the fuck is this these people here just like Posers. Po yes, posers. Being posers with skateboarding. So at least I can act like I, I have, have action behind it. I, have, I still have my three big ideas I want to work on, and I'm going to have to like make sure your agency clears them. So we'll, we'll work on those uh, eventually. But uh, before we depart for the day, is there anybody you want to shout out to? Any Anything you want to plug that you're working on? Anything like that? Shout out to... Uh Friends and family, shout out to, you know, my Hawaiian Kona group, the my Polynesian group. They've been great. Um, yeah, not really. I'm kind of a lone wolf kind of gal. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got the, you, you, uh, one thing we didn't address that we have to address with every model that comes in here is you uh, pass the off-duty model look test, which means that you're a true model. Which, which is the off I don't have makeup on. And you don't, you're not, you're not all put together. You're just in the off, like when Sophia came in here, she was wearing like boys, boys pants and shit. And just like, like whatever. But I, I thought she looked incredibly Eastern European with the, with the pants rolled up, the cargo pants and the, the chacos. That's her vibe, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, but she's not, she's not like dolled up like in model mode. Oh no. 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 I, I am not a fan of current trends. And that's like one thing with, shooting with photographers or just concepts is like i will not do a doc martin's baggy jeans garage rooftop shoot no doc martin's like just anything on trend i just want to be classic and timeless and like with the photos or like doing those photo shoots and when i have to style myself i want to i think about What's going to look good long-term versus just, like, look good in the moment because of the trends? Well, I will say that one thing that does stand out, one of the reasons why I like working with you so much, and we've talked about this on the episode, is, you know, models get into modeling for different reasons. They're all in there for the same reason. Some models, when I reach out to them and want to work with them, literally the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, who's styling it? Who's mm. the makeup artist? And it's like... Okay, the concept doesn't really revolve around that. And sometimes I feel like styling it with some, like if I had to plug some stylist on there, it might distract from the point of what I'm trying to get at, which is telling a story or whatever. Sometimes I do styled shoots, just styled shoot. I just, I've done two or three styled shoots this week. But a lot of the stuff we work on, it's more based around the personality and the story and stuff like that. And so you're just like a trooper, like 
let me see what I have in my closet or whatever. Or I'll go to Goodwill or whatever the fuck. Like I'll, I'll, I'll trash a dress in mud. Let's do it. And that's awesome. And I think that that's something that if a, if a model's listening to this, it's like, if your goal is to get to that next level, like be, make sure you have an open mind about it. Uh, because, you know, if you're trying to do a shoot that t- tries to like say something maybe about the model personally, there's not, not going to be any better clothing than the shit that's in your closet. Cause you went out and bought that with your own money. And so, you know, you don't have to fake anything. It's like, no, this is, this is me. So like, this is a kind of a real version of me. Now let's go fucking nail the shoot or whatever. So, yeah, I mean that, you know, first time we shot together asked, uh, you know, what's the concept, what kind of clothes? And you're like, whatever you want. And I'm definitely made me like anxious. Cause I'm like, well, I, I don't know, but it ended up being a great shoot. Tighter clothing's always good. Any unique pieces go for it. But yeah, you're right. Anything you have in your closet is going to what is going to look best on you. Because some styled shoots that we did, the first one we did was Sparkle. It was great, but definitely some of those clothes would never have chosen it. But it was beautiful styling. But. Yeah, she did an awesome job. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the way fashion is. Yeah. I mean, 90, probably 90, 95% of the shit models put on, they wouldn't wear. So <laughs> That photo yeah. shoot right there. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. you have to make it work, though. Thank you so much, Malika Grodick. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. We thank Malika for coming in and gracing us with her presence for volume two of Models Talk Photographers. You can find us at f11pod.com or with the handle f11pod on Instagram and Twitter and the like. But uh, we hope to do this series and continue this series in the future because we do love having models in studio. Uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. And until next time, taste light and not algorithms. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about this podcast, go to www.f11pod.com.